0: hello you're listening to the mr money podcast mr money Jar here this episode is taken from an instagram live and has been uploaded in its entirety this means that some of what you hear may seem odd in an audio format for example there might be references to questions that appeared during the live plus some audience interaction and very rarely some swearing or audio mishaps thanks for listening and i hope you enjoyed the show Hello all, Mr. Manija here, I hope you're well. Happy New Year and welcome to episode 83 of the Mr. moneyjar Show. Today we're going to be joined by Lynn, aka Mrs. Mummy Penny, and I am really looking forward to today's conversation. Um, I was lucky enough to join Lynn on season four of her podcast and we had a fantastic conversation about doing what you love. And today we're going to be talking about um, the new year and about habits and goals and Reflecting on 2021 and how that went and how we think or how we'd like 2022 to go. Um, the show went on a brief hiatus in, in December, um, but I'm really looking forward to speaking to Lynn and to speaking with you in the comments as well. Um, I've missed you all. You can see that Lynn has joined, so without any further ado, I will go ahead and invite her in to speak. Happy New Year, Mitz. Great to see you. Ah, oh, thank you to Goodman Factory for buying a badge. Hey Lynn. Hi. Oh, you're looking Can you hear me okay? Yeah, yeah, you're looking lovely today. Thank you. Um thank I put
1: makeup on you,
0: Thank you so much for joining. I was just saying to um, all the people who are signing in that I very much enjoyed our conversation on season four of your podcast when we talked about doing what you love. Um, I feel like whenever we speak it ends up being like a therapy session and that I mean that in the best possible way so um, I'm really looking forward to our conversation today but um, without any further ado do introduce yourself to everyone and let us know about what you do.
1: Thank you yeah um, our last podcast definitely um felt like a therapy session I think from both sides. Um, So yes I'm Lynn Beattie um, otherwise known as Mrs Mummy Penny and I have been a person, a Mrs Mummy Penny person since 2013 and so it was born just after my third child Um, and I chucked in my full-time job in 2015 to run Mrs Mummy Penny full-time so I am a personal finance expert um, and I specialise, I suppose I specialise in in finance for women. Um, I, I don't want to exclude men, but I just think that women need a little bit more help and guidance um, than a lot of men out there. It is a bit of a male-dominated world. I've always felt from the beginning that, um, yeah, a lot of women just need their hand held a bit. And, and I talk about all kinds of personal finance things, so debt um, all the way through to budgeting you know sa- saving money on your monthly bills but all the way through to financial freedom so saving for the future um, investments and pensions so that's me
0: yeah and um, I just found it quite funny the way you describe yourself as in like mrs mummy penny person I do find myself in that same boat as well where my business is is me like I am my business I'm almost like putting well we both put our personalities and our knowledge out there and yeah i don't think that focusing on women is um excluding men at all like i've learned a lot from you both from your content and personally and uh yeah just thank you for creating your business and for sharing all the content that you do um you. so the theme for today is um well, the, the title is called new year new financial me um, so, we're going to keep it financed, but I think that it's good to have a holistic view of things like goals and habits and stuff. So, we'll delve into kind of more life stuff. But just yeah. to kick off the conversation, um, how was 2021 for you?
1: Oh, uh, do you know what? It was, um, I actually wrote a post on New Year's Eve because um, I found myself saying out loud that 2021 had been like a really bad year. And I, I, was, I was, you know, phys- I was verbally expressing it to people. And as I was verbally expressing, it, I was questioning, like, why am I being so down and negative about a year? So I actually went back through the whole year and I went through month by month. I went through my photos because that was the best, the best way of sort of defining my life, I found. Yeah. And I actually worked out that, yeah, the beginning of last year was pretty depressing because you know january february when we were in lockdown but then it got so much better and um just just going through the visual representation of the year i actually realized that i've had one of the best years ever like i've done incredible i've been incredible holidays, all UK based. Um you know, <laughs> spent loads of time with my family. Um had so much amazing time with my friends, like went to a festival and you know, when we were allowed um freedom, yeah. freedom tasted so much sweeter, I think, than um than uh, before, maybe. And and um, business wise, it was it was an incredible business year as well. So well, I achieved so much you I mean, working with amazing clients and just putting really, really great content out there that has you know, save people probably millions of pounds. So it, it's actually been an amazing year. I'm really grateful.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I can resonate with that kind of trough and that peak that you spoke and about um mm. also by the way for the people listening, um if you do want to sound off in the comments about how you feel last year um went for you, no need to get too personal with it. But we do get through all the comments and um bits left in the chat. Yeah, I think last year, January to March was especially tough because the COVID situation um, was at its peak and um, mm. I generally experienced lower energy levels in, in winter anyway. But um, yeah, likewise, if I actually just look at it objectively and kind of count my blessings and the, the things that mm. happened that went well, it's a great year. Personally, I got married. Um, it was a great year um business-wise it was my second year of doing Mr Money John I think it's good to just have that perspective um mm. I go through my um my photos though so I keep a journal so I went back and I looked through things that I'd written and I actually the year had gone quite well um and now we find ourselves in 2022 yeah. are you the sort of person that does um do you do you go in for New Year's resolutions and, and that sort of thing or are you more of a but you know, like you can start and you have it or you can set a goal whenever you want to.
1: Yeah, I'm I I find I'm very much like in tune with sort of the rhythms of the year, which I, I think you are as well, just because when you say that you go through a bit of a low, you know, in the colder months, I've I've always been like that as a person. So I know that I'm hugely motivated in the summer months and I'm not that hugely motivated in the winter months, although have to say these past few months have been a complete exception and i'm going to put that down to vitamin d i have been taking vitamin d uh, no fail friend. every day uh, yeah yeah um and i've been doing a lot of yoga um so i'm not a medical expert but i say those two things have, have really helped me to not get seasonal affective disorder which is what i've suffered from in the past but um so yeah i think go with your sort of go with your the rhythms of how you work as a person and sort of set your goals and objectives accordingly. So I pretty much know that January for me, I need to take it easy in January. Um, Like I'm not getting up early in the morning anymore. Like I was in in like October, November, December. So I think just go with it and don't push yourself if your body's not prepared to, you know, go out there and do it. Um, I, I really like the idea of January being like a month for sort of, getting your roots into the ground and and thinking about your goals for the year but not necessarily you know going full force out there to um, go for those goals because it's a difficult month like the days are really short we we don't we just came a load of money and we have less money um a lot of us are doing um sober januarys I certainly am um i'm not going to be seeing my friends that much in january so it's like, take it easy and appreciate maybe the simpler things in life. And I keep seeing all these posts, particularly on Instagram, you know, people saying all these goals and stuff. And I'm like, no, because you're not going to stick to it. So maybe just take it a bit easy.
0: Yeah. Um, I was going to do a post about um, like the, the idea of a dry January or sober January, because I haven't historically drunk that much. I've always felt like I couldn't participate in a dry January because that's kind of my norm. But I do think there's something to say for things that you've done over the past year that you wish you could do a bit less of, um, to just do do that like first first month of, yeah. of the of the year. Um and I wanna think about what that thing is um for me. I haven't mm. stuck to the rule of not waking up early. I've actually been it's just so dark in the morning, so it is very mm. difficult. I've not been waking up early, but then I've been judging myself for it. So I do think I need to take a leap out of your book and be be a bit kind of kind yeah. of to to that front. Um, But yeah, this idea of getting your your roots into the ground how does that look like in terms of your finances? You've mentioned, for example, mm. that, that lots of people would have spent a lot of money in December. Um, both for Christmas, for New Year's and that sort of thing. So what sorts of things can people start to think about in this first month of the year?
1: Yeah, um, so I, I've just done a very powerful exercise today, um, which I I, I I always recommend when you're going to start, when you're going to take a serious look at your finances, do a spending diary and really get a grasp on what you've been spending. So um, I've religiously kept a spending diary since the beginning of lockdown 2020, but right. I stopped um, the beginning of December I thought like, I'm not going to do it anymore I don't need to keep a spending diary but actually what I did today was I caught up so I've just like logged my last three and a half weeks worth of spending Okay. and um, I've spent an absolute fortune <laughs> I, I stuck to my Christmas budget um, and I saved in places and, in, and spent in others but where I have spent a lot of money is on food and, and eating out um, I've, I'm like on the last day of COVID so we've been in isolation for the last seven days and I can't tell you how much we've spent, on well probably like 200 quid we've spent on like food in the last seven days because yeah. it's been like oh we've got nothing in the fridge we need a treat because we've got COVID, get a takeaway. So um, it's, it's, it's just going through that that well spreadsheet or paper exercise of working out how much money you are actually spending, I think it's worth spending a little bit of time looking back before you can then look forward. Yeah. I'm so sure. um I I know for example that I'm spending um or oh, it was it was really scary when I worked out six hundred pounds a month on food, which is groceries and eating out. Now that's a lot of money, right? There's there's me at home and then I've got two boys here like half the time. So I know that sounds like a ridiculous amount of money. So I know immediately that's where I can cut some money back. But um I'm being realistic with myself. I know I've spent £600 every month for the last, like, four months. So I'm going to try and get that back to, say, 500 or 450 I'm not going to cut it drastically, drastically so it's unachievable. So I think it's create, it's, it's create that realistic picture and then come up with a budget that isn't too, you know, cut to the bone. Because if you're too strict with the budget you create, you, you are just not, not going to stick to it. So yeah be realistic
0: about it, yeah you don't want to set yourself up for failure. I think that where you spend a lot of money on food um I've spent a lot of money on like entertainment, so films video games and and like items of tech uh, there's a really interesting phenomenon that I read about um that's been affecting uh, has been happening to people during lockdown, which is treat brain, which is this idea that you kind of touch upon, which is you're at home, you've got nowhere to go to so and plus, maybe you're not commuting. So you've got an extra 100, 200 quid in your bank account. And so you yeah. buy that Apple Watch or you upgrade the TV or, or or whatever. And I found myself slipping into that as well. But um, I think, yeah, there's a balance to be struck. Yes, you may be spending a lot of money on certain areas of your life. But um, if you're using those things and those things are contributing to your emotional well-being, I think that... Um, you know within reason it's okay to spend money on these things the world is mm. um, quite a difficult place to to be um at the moment um yeah. for many people um and um yeah i think what's also good that you said is that when you look back you look back over a period of weeks as well because if you look back just at december that's not necessarily going to be representative of the amount of money you've been spending. So if you can look at maybe December and November, you can get a more accurate yeah. picture of how much you would normally spend on something. But sorry, you're about to say something.
1: Yeah, I, I was just I was just gonna say like, um, there. Are, I suppose that we've all got things that we spend chunks of money on. Like I enjoy eating out and socializing with my friends. So I know like a lot of money has gone on there. I get my nails done, like, I know that cost me 25 quid every like two or three weeks. I, um, I want to look after my appearance, like, and I, I want to look after my appearance for me, um, know I'm, I'm in my forties and I want to, you know, carry on looking good as I get older. So I have facials done, I have a massage done and that kind of stuff. And do you know what? I'm not going to stop it mm-hmm. because it, it gives me so much joy. Um, I, I, um, support small business people, my friends through that business. Um, and, and it makes me feel better. So I'm just not going to stop doing it. But then there are other things that I know I can cut back on. So, yeah, the um, food spend I know can go down. Um, what else can I justify spending less money on? Mm, that, that, there are lots of things. I just can't think what they are at the moment. I'm not spending less money on my nails. I'm just not.
0: Um, yeah, and and the equivalent of that for me is video games. Um Mm. Regular listeners of the show will will know that I speak about how much I enjoy them, and um, they are a really big part of my childhood. And they just remind me of being younger, and you know, playing with my dad and with my brother and stuff. And um, I'm happy to like assuming the bills have been paid for, and um, every, you know, everything. That I'm I'm very happy to spend money on things that I enjoy, and and that I know that I will definitely use. I think spending money on things that you don't need and that you don't use represents like a really poor use of your money but if you're at least using the things then um yeah then it's at least worth it in in that regard um you talked about not going too deep into like setting goals and stuff but looking over the next 12 months are there particular things that you'd like to achieve things that you think are good for people to start thinking about
1: Mm. Oh, absolutely. So um, so when I say I'm not really into goals, I do have some goals. Yep. But what I think with goals is um, it's almost like make them a bit flexible. So you've got this sort of overarching thing you're aiming for, but you know, you know, it might meander a the way. Um, so I've got some very specific financial goals for this year, which are actually quite big. Um, mm-hmm. but my my business is um my business is gonna go boom this year because i i know i've already agreed like some contracts so i've got a lot of stuff you know solidified in the foundations of my business so um it's enabled me to grow my team which will then grow my income again so I'm, i'm just i'm now in this wonderful growth cycle of i've got some really good stability of contracts and you know, once you once you get great people surrounding you that are aligned with your sort of morals and ethics, then you can suddenly start suddenly start producing Instagram content like what you do. Um, but um, yeah, so I want to put a lot into my pension, um, so I'm going really long term with my goals, and I have set the aim that I'm going to put forty grand into my pension, which is a huge goal. I am more more than aware of that, but that's my overarching. Um, I'd like to put a few thousand into my ISA. Now, Just finance is very personal, but um, I weight my investing very heavily towards pension rather than stocks and shares ISA because I'm um, 45 in a couple of months and I'll be able to draw on my pension money in 12 years time. So I'm really trying to load in as much as I can at the moment when my business is at this sort of sweet spot of earning. I'm not really a believer in overpaying my mortgage um, because my mortgage rate is 1.4%, um, and I get the psychological, um, the amazing feeling of not having a mortgage or having a small mortgage. But I can't get past the maths that I know that my pension, my pension returned like 20% last year. It was it was huge, and when I compare that to my mortgage of 1.4% i'm gonna load more into my pension so but then it's it's very personal i'm also i'm quite i'm a risk taker i'm really not risk averse at all so um yeah that's that's where my goals are at is that kind of thing you're after i don't know, i've got i've got enough in my emergency fund at the moment as well so it's it's i don't have any debt my emergency funds are topped up so therefore i've got that flexibility to invest
0: yeah yeah that's definitely the sort of thing um I was thinking about, I think when it comes to finance as well, and when it comes to investing, um, long-term is key. Like your, your investing performance, whether it's in an ISO or in a pension, isn't going to be measured in terms of days and weeks. It's going to be measured in terms of uh, months and, and definitely um, years. And um, I watched a video on YouTube from a creator that I've been subscribed to for quite a while called Thomas Frank. And um, he talked about something which I think is quite good for goals, which is to focus on input-based goals rather than output-based ones. And this can be for finances or for um, any other aspect of your life. Let's say, for example, you wanted to write a book and you wanted the book to be um, 120,000 pages. Um, Instead of uh, saying that you wanna write a book, Instead, focus on the amount of words you need to write every week to be able to complete that book. So I'm going to write for an hour every day. The What that does is it empowers you to set aside that hour and to write yeah. writing rather than on an output based goal, which is like having a completed book, which is quite a large and vacuous goal. So I have some financial goals. My emergency fund is topped up, but I, I definitely want to start investing more. I want to make more um for my business i have some health goals as well like i want to be able to exercise but my goals are based on what i need to do on a daily and weekly basis rather than Mm. because that way it's a lot more bite-sized and it's a lot more manageable um just thinking of comments uh being kind as cool said treat brain um wow i'm sure we've all fallen fallen into this at some point especially in december trust me being kind is cool if you could see um, the shelf next to my TV at the moment—it looks like a HMB. There are so many, um, <laughs> so many games there. Um, and being kind of cool, also said, uh, we make sure we have treats included in our family budget: hair, nails, cinema trip. But if it's not in the budget, we have to think: do we really need this? So yes, echoing what Lynn mm. saying about well, knowing what you want to spend your money on, and then sp- making allowances to spend money on those things.
1: I, I also think um, there's a bit of. Um... Is it Marie Kondo? She's she's the one that did that. um, The Japanese lady about decluttering. Yeah, I think there's a really good point to make with that. With your finances, like what you're spending your money on, does it bring you joy? Like, um, so um, my cleaner, for example, I spend thirty pounds every two weeks on a cleaner, and I cannot tell you the amount of joy that brings me because I hate cleaning, and I would prioritize my cleaner above my nails, to be honest. Okay. Um, but um, a, an example of something where I've cut back on certainly last year is um, I had a flower subscription um, and, and I, I do a lot I love flowers and they bring me a lot of joy but it was it was um, 25 quid every two weeks so I was like is it bringing me enough joy to cost me 50 pounds every two weeks for some flowers where I could just get some from Aldo and it would cost me a lot less than 25 quid so I just sort of weighed up the like the cost versus the joy um and I think that's quite a nice way to look at money it, it also makes budgeting let's face it budgeting it's dry it's boring but this can actually make it a bit more interesting that just spend your money on what brings you joy
0: yeah um that's one of Mary Condo's um central things spend um keep in your life and spend money on things that spark joy but then the flip side of that is if something doesn't Bring you joy, then discard, donate, um, or get rid of it. And yeah. um, I find that this time of year, I've been doing um, like a big sort of house clean and just identifying the things that I don't use very often um, around yeah. the house. And those things are in, I can actually see the box there, and now they're earmarked to either be taken to the charity shop or to, to be put online and, and to be sold. Um, yeah. Because, yeah this is stuff that you're not using it's taking up space in your house and could be of use to someone else or could fetch you a couple of quid
1: yeah yeah i um. I, i've just done a massive declutter today i've taken a photo i'll put it on instagram a bit of my beauty products all right so i've got a bit of an addiction of beauty products so i've gone through everything that was in this i've got this big like test of drawers thing by the side of my bed and I've gone through and I've worked out what I actually want to keep and what I don't. And I swear to you, there's about a thousand pounds worth of stuff that I'm going to chuck away because it's out of date. It's like, it's it's Dior, it's Lancome. It's like all this expensive stuff I've just never used. And it's so wasteful. Like, um, it's, it's quite stressful actually how much money is sat there that I'm going to throw away. And I can't even, you know, give it to anybody or donate it because, you know, beauty products have a shelf life. But um, yeah, it's... it's it's a really it's a really great thing to think about decluttering for your life in general um and your and your finances but i i I think we should we should probably touch i'm quite aware that some of the stuff we're talking about is um it's, it's it's like savings and investing and pensions it's it's positive stuff i think we should maybe focus on if you've if you've got to now and you're thinking oh my gosh i've got like a massive credit card bill that i paid off and i don't know what to do about it
0: Oh yeah, no that that was literally so. Um, for my questions here, I, I was gonna ask you about some of the goals and the good habits, but yeah, let's go on the things that we'd rather have less of. So, yeah. if someone, um, does have a a bunch of um money on a credit card? Like, where do you where do you start with that? Um, because I, I think like debt or like any any sort of um like habit that you kind of wanna rid yourself of there's almost an extent to which you know that you shouldn't be spending money on the thing or you know you shouldn't be in that situation so how do you tend to approach it do you start with the numbers first or do you start with the mindset um first when it comes to things like this
1: uh well what i've done in the past is i've started with the numbers but i think we both appreciate now that you have you have to start with the mindset Mm -hmm. you have to because um <laughs> it's it's uh, saving money and getting out of debt it's very similar to like weight loss and food issues um and I certainly know with food that if you don't sort out what's going on in your head then you're not going to stop the eating or the drinking or the sugar or, or whatever those sort of um cruxes in life are and they're also linked but um yeah it's it's, it's worth spending some time really investing in thinking about why you why you do the things you do why you have those kind of potentially destructive behaviors um overspending um, emotional spending overeating over drinking over smoking whatever um and yeah there's you you could spend like a lot of time on it with like in therapy and stuff or, or you can i think just think back to things like in your childhood like what are your early memories to do with all those kind of big things? Like, What did your parents believe with, um, say, finances? Um, what was your first experience of money, you know, when you could control it yourself, you know, when you went off to university, when you got your first job? Um, are you a spender or are you a saver? Do you, you know, put stuff onto credit cards? Do you, you, know, do you need that immediate gratification or can you wait for things? All these big questions are worth um, analyzing because then i think you really get to the bottom of like i i know i know i'm an emotional spender like i know when i've had a really t- i'll give you an, i'll give you an example and yeah. this is i've not really told anybody about this because i'm quite embarrassed about it but i have rectified it but i had a really um stressful couple of weeks at the beginning of december um a lot of stuff just going on in the outside world you know to the family and just a huge overwhelm and um I knew that December had been a good month for my business, so I knew I had money set in my account. And I went to Prada and I bought a handbag. Now, it wasn't cheap. It was, I ain't going to say how much it was because it's embarrassing, but I bought this handbag. I didn't tell anybody about it apart from my best friends. And then I got it home and I unpacked it. And I was like, I've just spent all this money on something that I don't actually need, like, because I've already got 20 handbags. I've already got three Prada handbags, for God's sake. Um, So um, I actually returned it (laughs) and got my money back. But all the effort that went into the purchase and getting the refund and the the stuff going on in my head around it, it was just... And that was all as a result of two really stressful weeks and my go-to coping mechanism was spend money. Like why didn't I just do some extra yoga or go out for a walk in nature or go for a swim or whatever? I don't, I don't know. So I'm a work in progress. Absolutely. I'm still very, I think a victim to these coping mechanisms, but I am, I'm getting closer to understanding why I do it. And Hey, I took the bag back. So it didn't actually have an adverse impact on me.
0: But. Yeah. Yeah. Um, whilst we're on a, well, I'll just read out, um, being kind as cool. Um, comment uh, currently transitioning from being an instant gratification spender to stopping and thinking before spending it's a really it's really tough to to change it is tough um Mm. when you're going through a difficult period um and just like the ease with which you can buy things now um whether it be online or, or like cashless um you know you're getting like emails in your inbox um it yeah the the friction is like much much lower to spend large amounts of money um i actually i bought a phone the other day and um i ordered it at it was, it was for work so um uh not not on the personal side but I, I ordered it at 11 o'clock in the morning and then by 12 o'clock it had arrived at my house wow like an iphone yeah i was like wow is this how you can just just spend just spend money now like i've, I've had chinese takeaways take longer to, to get to my house it was just it was just insane um when i've kind of tried to address mindset stuff um and just as a uh, kind of uh, disclaimer i'm not a psychologist or, or anything like that <laughs> <No>. just, <laughs> neither <just> am i <laughs> what's worked for me um i've really found like mindfulness really useful um and I think mindfulness is I would define it as just being able to non judge judgmentally observe your your thoughts um and not seeing your thoughts as being part of you. So mm. and the example I use is like if I say to you or to the people at home, um, don't think about a pink elephant, then like automatically you're already thinking about one. And that that's an ability that I have to put something in your mind, but that is proof that it's not part of your mind. It's something that's external to you. You can observe yeah. the pink elephant that's currently in your minds the same way that you can observe sadness, happiness, wherever emotion it is you're going through. And if you're able to just take a step back, it's like the comment that we just had, take a step back and just observe how you're feeling non-judgmentally and non-reactively, then that gives you enough space between how you're feeling in the moment and then making a purchase or or going on a splurge. It's a really, really difficult thing to do. And it's practiced by basically no one, but it's the thing that's helped me the most when I've been in the moment and feeling really strongly about something.
1: Yeah. A a practical way people can do that is, um, and it it, it works perfectly in the online world is say with your, I mean, your mobile phone, you needed it for your job, but, um, just put it in the basket and then don't press buy. Just oh, let you it sit. Did that. No, yeah. well, no, because I went into the actual shop and okay. bought the bag. Okay. Um What I, I, this morning I did it actually. I, an, an advert came up for something on Instagram, and I just woken up and I was like, oh yeah, I really want that, so I put it in my basket. But then I didn't put my credit card details in, uh-huh. so I've not actually bought it because I don't need it. <laughs>
0: Um, no, so I'm really happy you said that. I, I do that all the time. I mm. will frequently go onto Amazon with stuff that was in my basket from the it's online window shopping. Put it yeah. <laughs> put it in the basket and don't check out. And actually some if you just leave it and you come back and you see it in your basket still, you're like, Okay, do I still feel like I need that thing? And a lot of the times the answer is no.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because every what it, it goes back to what that um, the person who commented earlier, it's that instant gratification, that thing of, oh, I've just seen, I don't know, a book behind you and I need to buy that book because I've literally just seen it. And we have to get out of that way of thinking, don't we? Because we're, we are unfortunately living in this, on this planet where um, resources are scarce. Um, in the Western world, we are consuming too much we're buying too much and it's destroying the whole planet um and and it, it's us in europe it's us in america we, we have to stop consuming so much like this world is gonna die if we um don't stop consuming so much like come on we you all need to um look at what happened at cop 26 and watch don't look up all these kind of things and realize that
0: I'm, I'm gonna watch. Don't look up. My wife, oh, watched her family, yesterday. She said it's amazing.
1: I I absolutely love. It. I've watched it twice. Okay. Um I'm a huge Leonardo fan, anyway. Um, but it's it's worth watching it a couple of times because it's just it's so clever, so clever, and um, it's 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 just so scary that that actually could happen to our world.
0: I'll stick out on this evening, and then I'll. I'll mm. leave i think yeah let me uh, know on the on the debt side so we've addressed the kind of the mindset but what about for people who actually they just they just look at their account and there are yeah. negative numbers on the screen what are some of the roots out of um that that situation
1: yeah um do you know what i've had so many people message me in the last like two or three days um and I I get a lot of these messages anyway because I've been very open and honest about my debt story so had 16 grand's worth of debt in 2017 um paid off and it's credit card debt paid that off in two years and I kept like a diary along the journey so picked up a lot of followers um along that journey and then I wrote about it for the Financial Times and the Sun and plastered it everywhere but um so it's how a lot of people know me and find me so I think the very first step when you've when you've when you're at that point of i have some debt is actually face the reality and add it up um and take your head out of the sand
0: 100
1: and and just work out so you've got this loan you've got that credit card you've got another credit card you've got another credit card what are all the interest rates going on like what's the amount on each one maybe one of them's on a zero percent how long is that zero percent deal for and just get the reality of the situation like in front of you on a bit of paper write it in a notebook and and that's that's the hardest step by far that's the hardest step is just facing facing your problem
0: yeah yeah um i've i've done this with a couple of clients before where it's um it's like how many bets do you have what's the balance so what's the amount owed what's the limit on the where it is you have the 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 debt from what's the apr and if you're on zero percent period when does that zero percent period end and then you can begin well yeah you have it all in black and white but then you can begin to prioritize then can't you because there's kind of two two approaches to Paying down debt is either to focus on the smallest balance first or the cheapest debt first. But Mm. as you said, writing them all down and again, not judging yourself, just treating them like numbers if you can, um, is that first step. Do not,
1: absolutely do not judge yourself because um, probably half of the population, I'm I'm making up numbers now, but there's a lot of people in this country who have credit card debt. I'd say at least half of this population have it so and it's just don't feel badly about the fact that you've got it and um it's it's maybe out of control I think yeah just face up to the problem and um talk to somebody uh we 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 all hopefully have all got that one trusted friend that you can maybe just open up to I know it's a shameful thing I know people are really embarrassed about debt but we've all got it a lot of us have got it and um a lot of us don't want to have it so yeah just talk to that non-judgmental friend and talk about how you're feeling and and come up with a plan
0: yeah
1: um, um and that go
0: on no no just think uh it's re- resonating um with the people in the comments uh being kind of school said honestly putting all my debt onto a spreadsheet was tough i cried but then i knew what was required and now i have it under control amit says along with credit card debt i'm sure buy now pay later will be the next step cycle um mr money control says to lower um interest and also speak uh to lower interest yeah lower your interest and also speak to a company called step change
1: yeah yeah so i think you've got so you've got you've got different levels of debt right so you've got debt that is manageable um so let's me as an example so I had this 16 pounds worth of debt I knew that I could afford the minimum payments which were about 200 250 pounds a month and when I had extra money coming in I'd pay off bigger amounts um so that was I didn't need to speak to a debt charity because I knew I could afford those minimum payments but when you are tipping the other side of that and you can't afford those minimum repayments on those debts. And maybe like you can't afford your council tax or your um, mortgage. You know, do you think they're really serious? Um, it's actually, if you can't afford your mortgage and your council tax, they are far more important than your credit cards, to be honest. So if you're struggling with those kind of essential, essential bills that you have to pay, then you must absolutely reach out to the free debt charities. Um, so step change, step uh, change. Citizens Advice Bureau, Christians Against Poverty. It's really not religious; they're just a bit more heart-based. Um, these are free charities that will help you come up with a budget, and they will actually like, speak to lenders for you. Um, yeah, they they might- are extremely, extremely busy at the moment. They've got great online resources, so you know do reach out to people like that if you're in that unmanageable and you know you just can't you just can't deal with it in your head. You need you need to talk to somebody else because no problem is un unfixable there's always a way out with financial issues it, you could be a hundred thousand pounds in debt you could be two thousand pounds in debt it, it's the same it could be the same amount of stress no matter what level and there's always a way out so yeah reach out for help
0: yeah and when it comes to the the creditors, the lenders, it's actually in their best interest to liaise with the debt support charities because they wanna get the money they've lent to you back. They don't want you to yeah. default on that loan. So um, do, definitely, um, do definitely reach out to these organizations that Lynn mentioned. Matty Sarah has asked, um, did you put aside an emergency fund or put everything towards repayment? This is the classic question of whether you should save or whether you should pay off your debts first.
1: Mm. and i mean i've got I've got my personal view um I know there are different views out there, but I built up a small emergency fund at the same time as paying off that sixteen grand so I built up an emergency fund of about i think it was about three thousand yeah. um and my emergency fund at the moment is ten thousand, so it uh-huh. wasn't a full emergency fund because just to qualify an emergency fund um, that should be three to six months of your essential expenses worth of money. It depends where you are risk wise as to whether you go three months or six months, but I'm happy with £10,000. Um, so, yeah, I built up that small emergency fund because I knew that there would be emergencies that would happen in those two years that I was paying off that debt. So when the washing machine broke or, you know, the car needed four new tires as these, you know, inevitably things happen, then I could take the money out of my emergency fund, not go back with my credit card debt. However, um, it, it was quite up and down along the two year journey. And I think just accept that that's going to happen. And this is what I mean about setting goals and being quite flexible with them, because so. I know, as you know, as will be the same for you, Timmy, with your business. When you're self-employed, your income's up and down. Yep. I wasn't able to pay off consistent amounts each month, and I knew that in the summer months my income was really going to drop. But then in the summer months, I had my children at home for six weeks, so my costs went up, my income went down. I got the mum guilt. Oh my God, I have to take my like, children on holiday, <laughs> and I did, which of course I didn't need to, but I just felt really guilty. So. When it hit the summer months over those two years my debt ended up actually going a little bit backwards because of my income drop and my cost increase and did i i, I did beat myself up about it to an extent but it's it sort of, but then it almost goes back to your take each day as it come or take each week as it comes it, it's happened so just move on like, okay, my debt was ten thousand and now it's gone back up to twelve thousand, but okay, now it's September and let's just get back on it and the kids are back at school, my costs are gonna go down, my income's hopefully gonna go up, and I can push more into the debt. So it's just it's a journey. It is gonna be hard at times. And there were some really dark times where oh, there was one time where I didn't know how I was gonna pay the mortgage the next month, which is just I can't I can't even believe that I'm even admitting that. Like I'm a from the outside, everybody perceived me as this, you know, middle class woman who's got the world at her feet. But I didn't know I was going to pay the mortgage the following month.
0: No, this, is, this is why people follow you, Lynn. It's because you are real and you do share actual stories from your life. Um, I'm feeling a bit like exposed in this conversation. because I feel like you say something and, I, and then I pipe up by saying, yeah, I completely agree. But in answer to um, the question around uh, saving an emergency fund versus making the minimum payments. I do think, uh, and and this again is just my view, um, it is logical to allocate a bit of money towards an emergency fund, like decide how much you want to put away for an emergency fund first and foremost, and then allocate an amount of money and just know how many months it's going to take you to reach that amount, whilst making those minimum payments or as much as you can on the debt. And the reason why Mm. I say that, I just think it's logical if you focus on just the debt and then you encounter an emergency, then you're going to have to go into more debt either way to fund that emergency. And I think that like it may be numerically smarter to like pay off the debt all in one go, whatever. I think there is a lot to be said for the psychological benefit of having a bit of cash put away. Um, And we can't like ignore the, the psychology of these things. So that's, um, that's my
1: view yeah yeah i i I wholeheartedly agree where I will say though is because this is something I used to battle with when I was paying off um my debt was should I be investing at the same time as uh-huh. paying off debt yeah. and that to be honest, that is a big no no um, and and every sort of financial expert who i've ever spoken to has has said the same thing where. Yeah, it makes the sort of um, sort of mental health side uh, to build up this emergency fund whilst you're paying off your debt. But don't be putting money into a stocks and shares ISA where the money could, in this very short term, potentially fall. Mm-hmm. Um, it, do pay off your debt, have an emergency fund in place, then think about doing the investing and maybe putting extra money into your pension
0: once yeah. you achieve that goal. Yeah, it's worth worth. Also, just looking at it like mathematically, the um, I, I read the Money Charities uh, monthly newsletter, Money Statistics newsletter, which I really do recommend everyone subscribes to, and they talk about the average credit card and overdraft um, APRs in it every month. And I think overdraft is hovering at about thirty percent, credit cards at about twenty percent. And you look at like the savings rates, it's like 1% or less than 1%. And then when you look at the historic long-term returns of like the most talented investors in the world, it's about 15, 20%. So if you're servicing debt at 20, 30%, you're investing at 15%, you're going to lose money net. Yeah. So it's also worth thinking about the the maths of it as well it's all it's all like percentages and interest rates um at the end of the day um so, sorry do go on I, I was just
1: and you can't the psychological impact of um that that day april the 20th 2019 when i paid off the last of that 16 grand's worth of debt you cannot underestimate the feeling of being credit card debt free it's incredible and I'm a person who spent my, so that was when I was, what, 42? Um, Yeah, so I'd got my first credit card when I was 18, and I'd lived off of credit cards from, you know, 0% to 0% balance transfer to balance transfer. My entire adult life, the 24 years, with always with a credit card balance. Oh, I'd always get a bonus that would pay it off, or, or there would always be some money that would come from somewhere to pay it off. And inevitably, that was absolute rubbish. That was just me making stuff up. So that that day when I paid off that credit card debt in uh, 2019 was incredible. Um, I still had a car loan at that time because oh, I I know in my mindset. I'm just this person that buys that wants stuff now and then I pay for it afterwards. So I got a car back in 2017 as well, and um, I managed to pay that car loan off in full in um, September of last year so like i i cleared like all consumer debt it was it was amazing so i actually own a car outright now and i have no credit card debt it's like suddenly you've got this you've got this money that was going into car loan repayments that was going into credit card repayments potentially you're talking hundreds of pounds extra a month here that you can then shift straight into um building up your emergency fund or investing in pensions so it's 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 just incredible to move from one place, literally from paying off debt to building wealth. It
0: was incredible. Did you do anything to mark that April 2019 uh,
1: milestone? Um, well, I wrote about it for the Financial Times, which um, you, you can probably um, profess to like me. That's like the pinnacle of journalism to like write an article for that newspaper. So um, that's how I marked it. But um, did I? Ah, I know. I bought that.
0: Sweet. Hold on, is that the, what smartwatch is that?
1: It's a Samsung one.
0: All right, all right.
1: So
0: yeah, so I bought this. Yeah, I've got got an Android one as well. That's awesome. Um, I'm just gonna dip into the uh, comments, just read through the comments. I've got one last question for you, Lynn, and then we're gonna go into the rapid fire questions. so being kind of school says agreed if you can save one month of expenses and then focus on clearing high interest debt, then other debt, uh, high interest debt, then other debt, and then focus on the larger six month emergency fund. Thank you for all of your um contributions uh, today, being kind of school. They've been super, super insightful, super helpful. Teacher yeah. Investor says our church sponsors CAP. Uh, that's awesome. Great to see that. Uh, oh, lovely. that um, you're connected to them. Um, uh, Uh, Matty says, thanks for the feedback. That's the person who asked about the Saving Emergency Fund versus paying off debt. Amit says, well done, Lynn. I hate bad debt. Don't mind um, good debt, though. Real School Tool says, great, honest, uh, real conversation. Thank you very much. Thank you for tuning in. in Thank you. Um, Matty, Sarah asks, did you cut the credit cards once you paid them off?
1: Did I cut them up? Um, I am not anti-credit cards in the slightest. Um, I use credit cards now, uh, but I pay them off in full each month. So um, I have I have an American Express credit card. Great rewards. Um, that's all I'll say on that one. Um, and I have a MasterCard as well. Um, that They're just paid off in full each month. And all my day-to-day spending, so groceries, eating out, cinema trips, blah, 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 that all goes into them and pay off in full each
0: month. yeah um i just did a post with amex actually so yeah they they do great um rewards but the thing that i um tried to say to people is if you're going to use a cashback or rewards credit card do try to use it for the things that lynn's just mentioned so the things you would have bought anyway because if you yeah. spend more than you normally if you chase cash back or if you chase rewards and you end up spending more than you normally would then you're back at square one so um just know what you're going to use the credit cards for um, and the final comment I'll read out is by empowered by experience, which is the feeling of being consumer debt free is the best. Um, it's really good that we talked about this today. I didn't think it would resonate quite how it, how it has, but um, yeah, we'll try to speak more about um, the debt side on the show. Cause there is nothing really to be ashamed of or anything to feel bad about um, more people are carrying some sort of debt um, than, than you, than you think. Um, yeah. Yeah final question before we head on to the rapid fire questions Lynn is um if we could gaze into our crystal balls, do you have any uh, and I'm keeping this question intentionally broad. Do you have any predictions for twenty twenty two
1: financially
0: or the world um I'm, I'm keeping it um intentionally broad but um okay. you, you can speak about just finances if you want to but like
1: um so what what worries I'll maybe start with what worries me and then I'll move on to what's hopefully going to be positive. Um uh-huh. I'm I'm really worried about um the next couple of months, um, the next sort of three, four, five months because of the cost of energy bills, the cost of food, the cost of fuel, like they're all inextricably linked because you know, they all come back to scarce resources. Um, And um, they're going to cost a lot more, as they already do now, they're just going to go up even more. So budgets are going to be really, really tight when budgets are already stretched anyway, because um, so COVID is here to stay. And um, so I've just had COVID for seven days and I can work from home. So it's fine. It's not affected me financially. But if I was a hairdresser, that means I've just lost seven days worth of money. So you've got all this, you know, micro economy of people that are going to be losing seven days worth of money. Now, they're not going to get that money back via a grant or anything, are they? Because, you know, the government's overspent far, far too much supporting, you know, what's happened over the last uh, 21 months. But um, so, yeah, I just I just worry for what's going to happen. And um, I just think there's going to be more and more desperate people out there. Who are going to be relying on the charities we've already mentioned, and they're overstretched. So the government needs to put more money into, you know, the charity um, you know, people that are supporting people in debt, and we just don't know how to cope. So that's and and also the rise of buy now, pay later. I've been been talking about it for a couple of years now, and they're just growing and growing in popularity and use, and they're preying more and more on the vulnerable. And I despise them, and I will carry on campaigning against them. Um, I have actually spoken to Klarna, spoke to their head of PR, who tried to reason with me um, about why I had my attitude to them. And um, I was like, "You're just your marketing tactics. You're preying on the vulnerable." And they were like, "But we just want to help people save money." I'm like, "No, you're talking absolute crap. You're like..." It was just the most pointless conversation ever because they had approached me with several thousands of pounds to do some work with them, mm-hmm. um, which obviously I said no to. Um, so, yeah, that's what worries me. I don't know if you want to comment on that before I talk about the positive. <laughs> um,
0: with regards to, like, COVID and, like, the government's um, response to it, I am starting to get messaging that, like, is is gone from, like, responding to covid to living with covid and i kind of feel like whatever happens it's going to be very much like okay we've done the furlough thing we've helped you out we've done the lockdown now you're on your own almost type 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 narrative that that seems to be what i'm getting um when I, i i try not to read the news that much but that seems to be the messaging i'm getting so I think all the things we've spoken about today, paying down debt, saving up that emergency fund, knowing what your financial goals are, they're going to be like, very important um, in, in this year coming up. I, I don't right. see government dipping back into their pockets to pay people who who can't work, for example, like they did with furlough in 2020. I think that was a a period in time and isn't going to be repeated again.
1: Yeah, yeah um but what I think will be positive about this year I oh, <laughs> haven't really prepared this um I do think I know that the right with the environmental stuff I there was there was some, there was quite a lot of negativity that came out of COP26 you know that all these big powerful countries in the world were setting goals too far in the future but I do think that steps are being taken particularly in responsive countries like the uk um i think enough people are you know making a difference with big things in their lives so a lot of people are moving their pensions to you know ethical investing and their pensions and their investments a lot of people are buying electric cars like i saw a stat that um 25 of the cars bought in december were electric Oh wow. like I, I was have, really surprised it was that much the overall stat for um twenty twenty one was thirteen percent so there's a there's a rise okay um so I really do think we, and just we are making a conscious effort to use less plastic we are eating less meat um if 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 the whole western world makes you know these 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 important decisions on an individual basis and on a sort of bigger basis. Then I think we can make a difference. Um, and I also think like the costs of these things are coming down as well. Because yeah. there's always been this sort of dichotomy, isn't it? all being environmental is really expensive. But actually, no. Like I know the toilet roll I get, which is Bazoo toilet roll, is cheaper than the toilet roll from Aldi, and it's like bamboo recycled toilet paper, and it's softer. So it's it's you know these things are cheaper. So yeah. That's that's where I hope the positivity will come from.
0: Yeah, um, in in on the like encouraging side of like what I think is going to happen is um, I watched a really powerful video um, on on YouTube the other day, and it was talking about the Great Resignation in the United States, and it said something like uh, four million people a month up until the creation of that video had been quitting their jobs in the states, um, and this is everyone from like uh, like admin people to construction yeah. workers. And um, this was driven by living in the pandemic and having more time to themselves to think, um, losing loved ones and just having a change in perspective on what is important in life. And I can only speak anecdotally, but when, when I speak to like, my family and friends, lots of people's priorities have shifted. And mm. um, I see, and I hope that people will um, live a life that they want to live rather than the life they feel they should be living because you, you just never know, you know, what's around the yes. corner. I think the past couple of years have shown us that life can be a lot more unpredictable than, than we think. And so uh, if there's something you want to do, if, the, you know, if you're unhappy in your situation, then you can um, do something about it. That's yeah. my for twenty twenty-two. Agree. Um, cool. Uh, let's switch through the rapid fire questions, shall we? Um, so okay. the first is what's been your biggest financial achievement to date?
1: Oh, absolutely. Quitting my corporate job, even though I aren't fortunate doing that and setting up Mrs. Mummy Penny because um It's taken a few years, I'm on year seven now, but I'm earning more money than I was in the corporate world and I'm in control of my destiny.
0: Awesome, and uh, you're also sticking it to BNPL. Um, We have a comment here saying, I wish more people are talking so openly about buy now, pay later. The likes of Klarna are the new bright house, but more glamorized. We'll see history uh, repeat itself for the most vulnerable. Yeah, it's like, it is, I remember like you could get interest-free credit on like washing machines and fridges and, and all that sort of thing when I was growing up.
1: Yeah, but that but that washing machine from Bright House would have cost you 600 quid rather than 200. Yeah. Mm. It's, it's, and it's in its catalogs repeating from when I was a child. Um, it's just a whole new version of it. But we, we can use our voices as influences in the financial space to take them down.
0: Um, what one piece of money advice would you have given to yourself 10 years ago?
1: 10 years ago? I would have been in my early 30s. Uh, best marry the right person.
0: Oh, that is a whole other um, life. I know. Um, but yeah, people, I have been trying to tell people this, like, marriage is like a huge financial commitment um and there's a lot that's not known about it actually we did a episode with martha lawton from squander last week, which you commented in um yeah yeah
1: yeah because um i didn't marry the right person and it cost me a lot of money and a lot of mental trauma Yeah. yeah um but if we if we were to go back 20 years, mm. I didn't put any money into my pension in my 20s. And I didn't have children in my 20s. I had so much disposable income, but I was like, I'm 24, I'm 25. Retirement's so, yet, so far down the line. I don't need to put any money there. I want to go on holiday. And so yeah, I didn't put any money into my pension until I was 31. That is quite a big financial regret now. Okay. And I'm having to make up for it now. Like, I literally have to put 40 grand a year into my pension now because I didn't do it when I was younger. Anyway, hindsight.
0: Um, if you were to win the lottery, let's say you were to win £10 million, how would you allocate that money?
1: Because um, oh, if it's lottery, it's tax-free. Yes. <laughs> mm, I would... Um, First and foremost, make sure my wonderful friends um, and people who have supported me, particularly the last two or three years that have been divorced, quite challenging years, are all financially okay. And um, I would make sure I've got a nice house and that I've got enough enough money to re- last me for the rest of my life, but I won't need 10 million quid. Um, there are particular charities I love and support. Um, I would give them a chunk of money. Also, like, my local primary school and, like, secondary school that my kids go to. They're so desperate for cash. Um, so, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd take some um, – I'd, I'd, I'd help people that needed help, but I wouldn't just give out money willy-nilly. I'd only uh-huh. give it to people that deserved it, who da- actually helped me. Uh-huh.
0: Um, I just wanted to um, read out a comment as well, because you were just talking about pensions. Um, Investing for girls um, said in response to when you were looking forward to what Mm -hmm. you thought would go well during the year, said pension schemes, the big ones anyway, are being forced by regulation to do a lot more RE climate change, which is uh, a a definite source of optimism, in my opinion, for sure. Mm -hmm. Are you finding that? Are you finding that with... um, with pensions that you are able to move your money into you know ethical pots and, and that sort of thing
1: yeah I've, I've um i've shifted my entire pension into fossil fuel free so i've got a 100 grand sat there in no tobacco no fossil fuels no weapons of mass destruction that's awesome done it. and the returns were i mean obviously future returns have no relevance to what has already happened in the past but I've had it for a year and the returns have been really good. Like ESG, um, so environmental, social and governance, which is that term that um, is what we're using for sort of environmental investing. Um, those kind of investments have performed really well over yeah. COVID times?
0: They have done. Um, they've outperformed mm. actually. They've outperformed mm. the broad stock market. Um, it, I think it's between 2020 and 2021. So yes, that is one year versus several decades um, for the general stock market, but it's a fantastic trend and I do hope it continues. Um, And the final question is, what does success mean to you? Well, we talked
1: about this on my podcast, didn't we? Um, And it has evolved over time. Um, I (laughs) would say that um, success now is being happy, And being happy with everything that happens on a daily basis and not letting things like get to me and anger me and stress me out um i do also have quite a strong link of success to financial success which i can't get away from um it is really important to me to like hit six figures and what seven figures um and that's that's just something that's ingrained into me from a young age that will be hard to get out of. Um, but then likewise, like I've got this thing ingrained into me that I need to be a certain weight, which I'm trying to, you know, get my head away from. But it's like these these inbuilt beliefs that have, you know, been bred into you from that like young age, teenagers, it's quite hard to break free from them.
0: Um, yeah, when we had the uh, conversation on your podcast, um, I think like having goals and milestones is like it's necessary in life, otherwise you just wouldn't do anything. But I think um as long as you can couple that with uh like an unconditional self acceptance, so yes, you want to do these things, but you're still a person with value and you're still worthy of love and and all that sort of thing without having achieved these things and that sounds like the killer combination to me. Um, but again, that is a conversation for a whole other uh, <laughs> kind of episode. Thank you so much for joining us today, Lynn. Before we wrap up, do you have any questions for me?
1: Ooh, um, I'd love to know what your goals are for like 2022.
0: Yeah. Um, I wrote down three main ones. Um, they are to increase my... Um, my revenue for Mr. Money Jar. It's difficult to put a a number on it because I'm still quite early in my business. So I'm just Mm. at three. And whilst I have a good run rate, I actually don't know what's going to happen past Q1. I'm still in that Mm. stage where you're kind of working month to month. But if I could beat or match the amount of money I made last year, that'd be great. I want to run a marathon. Um, Wow. Yeah, uh, I was supposed to do it in 2020, put it off because of COVID, put it off last year. So even if I have to just run somewhere in London, hopefully I don't like collapse on the street somewhere. <laughs> just walking along. It's like, why, why is Timmy just lying on the floor? Um, yeah, I'd like to run a continuous 42K and I'd like to um, read a book a week if I can. I hardly... Well, That sounds
1: like the hardest one. <laughs>
0: I, I actually, a few years ago, I, I got into it. It was like an hour of reading every day. And I read something like 37 books.
1: Wow.
0: Yeah. Um, but I, I didn't read any books last year. So that's why. You
1: I, didn't read any?
0: I think I read like two or three.
1: That's terrible.
0: Yeah, I was I was making. Did you read my book? I didn't read your book yet, no. <laughs> I, did, I, did, I did read the chapter that we talked about <laughs>
1: You read the "Do What You Love" chapter.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, so those those are my goals, and we'll see we'll see what happens with them. Amazing. That brings us to the end of today's conversation, Lynn. Thank you so much for joining us, uh, for sharing your story, your expertise. Every conversation with you is is a gift. Um, I feel like I learn so much when we speak. Um, yeah, thank you for joining us on. This first episode of the Mr. Money Jar Show. Um, we will be back at the same time next week, Tuesday, with another special guest. So until then, do take care, everyone.
1: Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.